G'day, folks. It is the coach here, and I am very, very, very excited about this episode because, one, it is the hottest army in AOS right now. It is so hot that you can't even buy the battle tome off the shelf. Uh, I have gone through the internet trying to look for leaks and tips and tricks, and I'm trying to learn everything without a battle tome, but I have the elf bro going to talk to me all about the Lumineth Realm Lords. I'm going to try to understand what this army is all about. I've certainly heard all the podcasts. I've heard all the reviews, but I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. And Hayden is an absolute elf bro. He truly is an elf bro. I remember when we played at the Masters or we, we were at the Masters together, you were running elves. Uh, what yeah, man, Dra Draconis, back before Draconis was a thing. You were ordered Draconis back in 2016. Yep. So uh, yep. if anyone earns the right to be on this show and talk all things elves, it is Hayden Walker. He is a Masters level player. He's very, very, very good when it comes to elves, but also the game. Um, you did have a channel for a while and it's kind of uh, been paused, but how are you, mate? Uh, good, good. Uni is uh, uni's a lovely thing, <laughs> as everyone who's been to uni can probably tell. I'm glad I'm not juggling my MBA and full-time study anymore because that is not fun. But no, what is no. fun is Warhammers. Yes, it is. War Dollies is the, the one thing that's getting me through all this. So it's <laughs> good Hopefully times we'll right pay, now. Hopefully we'll let you buy some more War Dollies when um, maybe a reward for the second release for the Lumineth Realm Lords. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed, maybe that sexy little pay increase from all that beautiful study. But That's it. Lumineth Realm Lords. Yeah. What's this army all about? What drew you to the army? What What's the appeal? Because to me, you know, it's kind of high elfy, but it's not high elf. And, yeah. you know, they've got some characters like Teclas who are kind of being brought over. There's no Tyrion. I'm, I'm not going to try to trigger you just yet. But, yeah, please like, 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 what, like, what is this army all about? And and what drew you to it? So back in back in the old, old days, back in 6th uh, and 7th edition of uh, Warhammer Fantasy, I played High Elves. They were my first fantasy army. They are my favourite army still to this day. I uh, still have some of the greatest models from that range um, that I think GW has ever produced. Like Eltharian the Blind, that model is just like so good still um, to be fair i can't be critical because i'm i've been trying to buy white lion chariots right now to run it in my yeah. city of sigma so i can't complete and i'm using Phoenix yeah. Guard as well so i can't i can't get on my high pedestal here the high elves are a beautiful range um, yeah some of, them are, some of them are a little bit dated but they are a cool army yeah but like you still got shadow warriors and all that that are really really cool models like in they've, they've lasted the test of time so far and um yeah they're just the story behind the elves was really, really cool as well. So the whole sundering through with Anarian, moving through to Tyrion, Teclas and Malaketh and their story, and then going through the end times and then everything slowly being introduced into the mortal realms through Age of Sigma. Um, just the tidbits that we've heard since, you know, all of this started, it's just the mystery slowly, slowly, slowly come out and it's been really enjoyable to see. And now they're finally here. And, um, they're just a really interesting army to look at, even with all the battle cattle and all that, that people are divided on, I guess. Um, a lot of people love them. A lot of people don't like them so much because they wanted the old school elf look, but it, that world's dead, plain and simple. Um, but they're really cool models. Well, the whole range is really cool. So 
I, th- I think for me, you know, I- I'm not going to play Lumineth and I remember talking to people and I'm like, look, this is not the release for me. Gargans is certainly the one that I'm really interested in. But when I think about what the Lumineth Realm Lords are bringing to the table, right, you've got this classic appeal of the High Elves and yeah. it's been reimagined to Age of Sigmars. And I think they've done a yeah. really good job. Whether you are a old yeah. school High Elf player, I think you could kind of feel like the aesthetic is still there. Yeah, and then you, you still got the spears and bows and horses. Like, they're the are they the only new army that has horses in it? Like that. Yeah, cavalry. Yeah, and, then you, and then you've got all the new monsters through the battle cattle. You've got the uh, I guess elite style with the stone guard. You know, it, it there's a really good diverse range between new style and that old style phalanx of bows and spears and all the other stuff that everyone loved from the old days. So. Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's got like a little bit of everything. It's got your cavalry, you've got, you know, this techless, this supercast wizard. And, you know, back in yeah. the Warhammer Fantasy days, high elves were always the known as the, the, the supercasters of the world. And I remember never being able to get a spell off or I'd have to use <laughs> extra spell dice just to be in the fighting game of spells. And certainly techless brings that to yeah. the table. Um, yeah. Techless is definitely a... Um, Definitely a, a threat to your your legions of Nagash with well just Nagash in general and your uh, Zench and Croak. He's definitely up there with those guys. So, and you know what what, what we're going to do very so- shortly is we're going to go through two of Hayden's list. So we've decided um, that Hayden's going to take us through more of an elf build, and I'm going to do a future episode with someone like Liam who is doing more of a battle cattle build so we're going to deep dive and you know one of the lists that you're going to share with us is techless and you're yep. also going to share us a non-techless and it'll be interesting to find out the difference between the two given that techless is so expensive it's you know one third of yeah. your army yeah he's uh he's definitely a big points hike in your army when you're playing at 2k at least so and yeah. he's got a big he's got a big target on his face so um yeah you know like to lose that it's one third of your army so it's almost like what are the differences between the two lists um and what can you do with that additional points and how will that vary on the table so um i'd, I'd like to learn more from you on that but at a very high level before we get to the lists what are the strengths of this book um like if, if from a playstyle perspective from a yeah. hobbyist perspective like what are those strengths that you're going to get from this book that maybe others aren't going to give you so from a playstyle perspective there's a lot of ways you can play this book it's not uh sigma with training wheels book from first couple of read through and the first couple of games that i've played it's not one of those ones where you just go point click i win um which is a, a good experience to play with um there's a lot of magic like a lot of magic um it reminds me a lot of the old null route from sylvanath that i used to play back in the day like a lot of the lists that i'm playing have 10 or 11 casts in the hero phase potentially like so you've got to be really on top of all those uh mechanics and all that kind of jazz so you're not wasting time um there's just a lot of fun like you've got the way instead of having always strike first like they used to back in well, it was, they've got the mechanic where every time you pick a unit to activate, you get to pick two units. So they're bringing back that same kind of feel of always strike first without it being the entire army fighting at the start of the hero phase or making things fight last. So you've got 
a blend of the new and the old without it being broken. So because you very, know very the cool. old high elf, the old high elves you used to basically always strike first unless you charge them. It was really hard to yeah. uh, fight in combat for a high elf. So it's really cool they kind of brought that aesthetic over and they've AOSified it. And like as I've read through the I guess the internet versions of battle tomes, like on Goonhammer and like on you know forty yeah. Chan, and I've tried to get my own research on this particular book. There's some really interesting tricks, and I'm sure some of your list might have them, you know, making someone spend two command points for for one. Yeah. If I want to do an inspiring yeah. presence, boom, I've got to use two command points. There's a yeah. way that I can pass off a bravery debuff. Um, you can push me off um, objectives. There is super casts from, from people where it's basically you can't unbind it or it's, you know, you could make it almost impossible to unbind. So, um the whole army doesn't get that, so it's not like you know you get all these strengths, but you've got tools in your disposal, which um, yeah, I good. don't think I've seen in any other book. No, this, this book, this, well, the, the level this book is at reminds me very much of your more tribes or your big war level of book. Like it's definitely up there with the right person playing it. It can do really, really well, but it it's not something that average Joe Blowjo can pick up and just go win an event with i think um it is going to be something that i think a lot of people will actually have to play a lot of to do well um because there is some very different play styles within the book it is a very counter hitting book um you can you can make alpha strikey lists but with some of the uh the units they get better when they get hit rather than when mm. they're going out and trying to hit stuff so and it's definitely got a lot of tools to play in every phase of the game, which is nice. So. Yeah, there's the, definitely, you know, you've got, you've got some good shooting, you've got good combat, you've got I, probably the only thing, correct me if I'm wrong, is this army doesn't seem to be fast. I, it feels like the opposite of Ardeneth Deepkin, um, and it's probably it, more yeah. of a slower elf than um, we're probably used to. Yeah, it, it's definitely a lot slower. Um, in terms of most things move six inches, a lot of it doesn't run and charge. Um, but at the same time, you can make Dawn Riders, which are the horses, move 28 inches before charging. So, and you've obviously got Techless as well. You've got this big flying yeah, monster. But, but, but average, you know, your average troops yeah. aren't nearly as fast. But, yes, you've got the Dawn, yeah. the dawn Rider, so you've the still got riders. that build if you yeah. want to go down that route. Yeah, exactly. So there's definitely ways of having fast things get across the table. Um, but at the same time, it, the whole law behind it is that with Teclis has talked to the spirit of the mountain so he, and the spirit of the moon and all that kind of jazz. So they're very slow. They're still fragile because they're still elves. So a lot of the stuff is still one wound, four up save, except the stone guard who are, yeah, I'll let Liam talk about them. Um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, don't want to take them personally but they hit like a truck and they don't die. <laughs> yeah, so, they, they, um, they, they're they more of an elite force, but at the yeah. same time, I mean, if I look at, you know, these, and again, we're kind of touching on the units and we might, we might as well bring it up very soon. Probably the other thing that I'm, you know, I really like is um, you've got that, is it Shining Company? The, when, when units yeah. are close to each other, they get like really synergized buffs and they can do stuff. Yeah, so when a mo- when a model in the unit, so it's only Venari, so it's your archers, it's your spearmen, and it's your Dawn Rider horsemen. So when a model in the unit is touching two other bases of models in the unit, they are minus one to hit. 
So that's when you set them up at the start of the game. So, but in when you do that, you can't run and you can't charge. So there is a downside. Three hundred, it. right? It's yeah, like three hundred where they basically. A, yeah, hundred percent. It's a phalanx, and then you can't go back into that formation after you break it either. So you can't go. Okay, I've charged. I've killed a unit. I'm going to go back into that. It's no. Once you've broken it, you've broken it for the game. Which is more reminiscent of, I guess, what would actually happen in in a proper battle. Like if a, if a phalanx gets broken, it's hard to reform. So, you know, it's cool they're bringing these kind of realistic rules through that if you're in a shield wall, you're harder to hit, yeah. funnily enough. Which, 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 again, if you watch 300, which is just a, a real example that you could see physically uh, on your screens, you can see that, you know, they put up the shield wall, they move slow, you know, they're slowly pushing you back, pushing you back. They've got the, you know, the the pikes, the spears, you yeah. know, over the top, the shield. So it's, it's that's the kind of imagery that I have, you know, with the Lumineth where um, they're not uh, they're not the deep kin. They're not Daughters of Cain. They are very different. And I think the other cool thing I just want to mention very lightly is you've got that other ability that you're kind of tapping into KO, which is your Aether Quartz Reserve as well. So yeah. you've got this additional resource and spend, and there's actually a bit of a a, a bit of a trade-off too, where um, if you spend it, there's going to be a negative against you, but obviously there's some ways to kind of pass that negative on. Yeah. But I think that's another nice um, little manipulation that kind of goes back to what you said about this army is going to take practice and time to get right. Yeah. Yes, your really good player is going to be able to take it on and kind of learn, but I think this will be a slow learning process for many people. Yeah. It'll be like Deepkin. When Deepkin first dropped, Daughters of Cain was around and they were the big bad at the time. So Deepkin kind of went under the radar. Um, Deepkin are very, very good, but Daughters kind of outshone them at the time. Now Daughters has kind of died into the background and Deepkin's gone, well, we're still here. We're still just as good. So I think it'll be kind of one of those books, hopefully. Um, and we learn more as we go and uh, get some good results with them. Well, as I bring up the list, you know, I think about the difference between Deepkin and Daughters. Deepkin is like attacking your opponent with a, a scalpel, you know, death by a thousand cuts, while Daughters of Cain is very much like a sledgehammer, especially like the Witch Elf build where he's just hitting your, your opponent in the face as quick as possible. And this certainly kind of feels like uh, the daddy issue Deepkin and um, <laughs> it's very, very similar in that build. But um, I've brought up two of your lists. Um, one is a techless build. I think this is the techless build. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, uh, yep. I don't want to ruin Christmas, but this is this is techless. So um, I haven't built a list, you know, to be br brutally honest, internet. Um, I I'm finding it challenging at times to really get my head across it without the actual physical battle tome. So, Hayden, I'd love you to walk me through what this is and... And folks who are either watching this because they want to learn about Lumineth or they're building their own Lumineth, this is going to be some early thinking. I know you've been proxying and you've been playtesting. You've got a good idea of, of how things are going to work. That might influence your influence your next purchase or when the uh, Lumineth second wave of purchases come out, you now kind of get a good idea of how you want to synergize your uh, limited edition box set or, you know, some starting points to build your list. So, um, I know some rough things, but certainly I'd love you to kind of give me a bit of insight on on your thinking as well on on how to make the most of the Lumineth Realm Lords abilities. Yeah, no worries. So 
I'll start with the Great Nation. So your Great Nation is like your temples from Daughters of Cain, your enclaves from Deepkin, all that kind of jazz. So there's two that really stood out to me with this style of list. Um, the style of list that I write, I'm a big fan of Tyrion over Teclas. So a lot of the stuff that I have is stuff that could go in a Tyrion army as well as a Teclas army, just because I want that kind of style. Um, two nations that surround me, one is Zytrek, which is one that both these lists are. There's a very magic heavy uh, city. So what it does is it makes every unit have plus one to cast and unbind and dispel the first time they try to do it in a turn. So everything that's a one cast wizard will always have plus one to cast, plus one to unbind or dispel. That's just the innate first, across the, the army. The, the first, first time cast. they do it per turn. Oh, per turn? Per turn. And do yep. you have a lot of double casters? I have one double cast. So everything in the army except Teclas is a uh, single cast wizard. Okay, so Teclas will only get that the first time, but obviously we've got some stuff to talk about with Teclas. Yeah, Teclas is another whole But basically yeah. you don't have to worry about your second cast not getting that plus one because everything yeah, exactly. is a single caster with the exception yeah. of Teclas, and Teclas is his own separate beast. Yeah, and you need to remember as well, each of your units are wizards. So that means that when you're trying to do the plus one to uh, get your mortal wounds off, you know, you're only needing to roll a five rather than a six. So it's a lot, it makes it a lot easier. Um, there's a lot of synergy buffs that go with the army as well, which getting that plus one is always nice. Um, the command just, rate a, is just, a, just a quick one on the wizards. The wizard uh, acts a little bit different to other armies, right? So for example... Yeah. Pink, pink horrors are a wizard uh, as long as they are nine models or more. Um, yeah. This is a bit more like the Ossiarch Bone Reapers, right, where the, the unit yeah, champion acts as the 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 wizard. So the, the unit yeah. isn't – the unit's not a wizard. It's the hero in the wizard. Yes. Yeah. So, the, so, the, so the hero in the unit, the hero in the yeah. wizard, the hero in the yeah. unit. So the, the champion is the wizard but only when there's a specific number of models in the unit. So, for example, for the Wardens, the High Warden is your wizard, who is the champion, but he is only a wizard until you have less than five models. Okay. So it, it there still needs to be that, you know, decent amount of models to have it continue to be a wizard, but at the same time, they die quite quickly. Um, so if you're, if you're losing five, then it's not, yeah. I only point that out because um, I, I know very early on I saw some people trying to build lists with things like chronomatic cogs, for example, where the unit would cast cogs, they would slow down time, they would get plus one to their armor save, or they get to re sorry re-roll their armor saves. Yeah. Um, but obviously that would only come into effect with the unit champion, not the yeah. unit in general. So yeah, I guess that, that, that's why I'm pulling that out. Yeah, because the, especially with that interaction, it says the wizard gets to reroll its saves. And because it, the wizard that's manipulating the cogs is the unit champion, only he would get to reroll his saves. Rules of rules was written. So it, it'll be interesting to see when an FAQ comes out how that is exactly determined. But from the rules as I understand it, that's the way that it works. Um, as cool as it would be to have a unit of 30 uh, ethereal wardens rerolling their armor save, um, I don't think that'll be allowed. 
<laughs> for some reason. Um, but here we are. Um, yeah. So uh, with Zytrek as well, just going through, uh, they also get an extra spell that the entire army knows. So it's uh, Overwhelming Heat. You pick a unit wholly within 24. They halve their movement until your next hero phase. And if you roll uh, higher than their armor save, so say they've got a three up save, if you roll a three or more, they take D3 mortal wounds in addition to that. And there's a casting value of seven. Casting value of seven, yeah. Okay. It's not bad, especially with these high uh, armored units out there. Yeah, and especially because it, it gives you board control because it can be cast from any unit. It's not just the heroes. Um, so it gives you control in making people move as slow as you do, which is a big one, um, as well as a little bit of extra mortal wound output. So it's always nice. So, um, so that's Zytrek. The other one that I was looking at was Sire. Um, Sire gives you an extra Aether Quartz on every unit. So each one has two instead of one. Um, Aether Quartz is really, really good, as, as we were talking about before. So you can use it to do plus one to your save in a phase. You can use it to uh, re-roll a casting roll or add one to a casting roll after you've cast a spell, which is the, this is the big thing, is that you don't have to declare it at the start of the phase. You just go, mm. okay, well, I'm going to add one to my save or I'm going to add one to that casting roll or re-roll that casting roll. Um, another one you can do is plus one to hit on a unit or you can do... This one you do have to declare at the start of the phase, which is uh, cast an extra spell with a wizard, which is a big one as well. Yeah, that's so, massive. Yeah. So each unit having one is great. In Sire, they get two each. So the, the downside to using Aether Quartz is that whoever uses it, that unit is minus one to their bravery characteristic for the rest of the game. Um, but the uh, Kalathar, which is the one of the five wound heroes, can actually channel that that minus one uh, debuff into an enemy unit within 18 inches. So then you use it, and then they're minus one to their bravery for the rest of the game. Yeah, which so, is which yeah. is nasty. I mean, I mean, all of, it, it's partially nasty. There's a lot of bravery ten out there, so you know, yeah. make one. It's not that good, make but then I think. Things like like Oryx, for example, uh, Ogres, uh, Cities of Sigma. There's a lot of like bravery four to six as well. So yeah, um, that that it, it, that'd be brutal, especially with like those four wound models. Yeah, and and the other thing with it as well, as we'll go into and we go through a bit more of the list, is that there's ways to get people to minus three, minus four bravery, if not more. It can get very. The the Luminous Bravery bomb is, I think, going to be something that we're going to see a lot of. Hopefully, it's. Um, do you think? Very, very do you cool think some of those? Do you think some of those Forbidden Power artifact, uh, endless spells with like the debuff with um, more negatives to bravery could? Well, actually, I'm kind of jumping forward. Maybe they're yeah. in this list. Maybe they're in another list. But uh, quickly on the Aether Quartz reserve, while we're talking about them, yeah. do you see? Do you see all four of them being useful? Do you see some being more popular than others very early on? Um, the plus one to hit is nice, but with a lot of these units, you're fishing for mortal wounds anyway. So, like, it depends what you're throwing it on. I think the plus one to save is definitely one that you're going to see lots. Um, because the army is mostly four up saves, so going from and a four one, up to a three up with one being, wound, with one wound, and being minus one to hit, 
you know, you, you're suddenly getting a not so squishy, a squishy unit being not so squishy. Um, but the big thing as well to remember is that there is a spell that can make you ethereal uh, or make a unit ethereal. If you do that, you can't use the Aether Quartz to give you plus one to your save. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's still a modifier to your save. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, so we, we know a little bit about the Great Nation. Um, let's talk about your leader choices here. So we've got the, is it the Cathars? How do you, how do you pronounce it? Uh, the Cathars, yes. Cathars. So, so you've got two Cathars. Um, yeah. One is your general. Uh, the the one that is your general, the command trait is fast learner. Uh, yeah. And then the artifact you have is the silver wand. Uh, yeah. You've got two of those, obviously one being the general, and then yeah. your other leader selection is the archmaid Teclas and on his spirit of, of Hish. So yeah. talk me through your leader choices. What do these bring to the table? Why, why the double hero, for example? Yeah. So the Cathala is one... Of one of the best units in the book, um, if not my fa my favorite unit from the book. Um, if you don't know what it is, that's the Veil Lady. Um, she's very, very good as a synergy piece in the army. So she's a five-wound character with a five-up save. She's able to channel that um, Aether Quartz into other units, but her best ability is actually the one on her War Scroll. So she's a Hag Queen from 18 inches pretty much. So she makes units pass their bravery. Like before you take a battle shock test on a two up, they pass battle shock automatically. Wow. You wow. do not take a battle shock test. Um, and then you can channel that, whatever models you lost from that unit, into another unit that has to take a battle shock test that turn. So an you enemy part, unit. So you part, is, that a, is that a command ability? Is that just a oh, regular that is ability? Just, that is a regular ability on her war scroll. So if they if they take like a big hit of damage, you are then able to pass that that battle shock test essentially over to your opponent and make it harder yeah, for as, them. As long as they're taking a battle shock test. So the way it's worded, it says you do the two up first, and then yeah. if in addition you can pass that on to another unit within eighteen. So if you roll the so one, no, if, no, you roll. If you roll the two up, yeah, you can. That unit doesn't. Your unit does not have to take battle shock. Because it's and it specifically says before you take a battle shock test, so you uh, can so inspiring I, presence after that. Even if you fail the two up, you can use inspiring presence command ability to make that unit pass. Because you're not, it's not instead of taking a battle shock test, it's before you do one. Or is so how do you even, how do you pass it on? How do you pass it on? You roll a one, or is it so the two plus stuff? Yeah, if it's a two plus. If you pass it, if you pass your battle shock test, you pass yeah. it on to another unit, an enemy uh, so, unit. Okay, so I've got. So I've got a unit of, you know, 10 dudes or 10 chicks, whatever, yeah. like just a unit of unit of things. Uh, yeah. I take, I don't know, I lose five of them and um, I roll that, I roll my my potential, you know, I, I don't want to do battle shock just yet. So I roll that dice, it's two plus, got it, cool. Uh, because I suffered five wounds to that unit, I can then make my opponent take a yep. battle shock test counting as five wounds taken or five models taken. As, as, long as, already, as long as they're already taking a battle shock test. Okay. So, so they're, so, they're so, not going to lose a model to get that added on. If they, they, have inspired, model, they can inspire presence as well. Yeah, right? exactly. And then, and then they pass it. Yeah. So sure. it, okay. It, okay, cool. Yeah. It just adds that number to whatever their role is. See, so. see either you're going to make them run, make more of the unit run, 
or you're going to force them to uh to, to maybe they weren't going to do an inspiring presence but now that number is is too great that they have to yeah and obviously that potentially synergizes really well with any ways that you could make them spend two command points for that inspiring presence um yeah and, and it's great against things like eels and sharks which are such or mournfang or something like that something that if they lose a model losing another model is huge because they're such high points or they're high wounds for an elite unit you don't want that kind of stuff running away so if you lose say from a unit of 20 you lose 10 suddenly that's plus 10 to their role you're forcing them to to do that otherwise they're potentially losing their whole unit yeah that's brutal and then this is the kind of some yeah. of the tricks we were talking about earlier where you know no, you, people aren't expecting these type of things so um you've got some unique play styles to the table okay cool um silver wand if according to to the interwebs that allows the um uh the the model to cast an extra spell yeah so it becomes a two cast wizard um the other thing with zytrak as well is that every un every hero in the army knows an extra spell from the law so they know two spells from the law each okay so that the general becomes a two cast to unbind because fast learner gives them an extra unbind as well. And the second unbind is rerollable. Mm. Yeah. So your is first that, unbind is, that, is, that, one. is that just an unbind or is that a dispel as well? That's an unbind. Yeah. It's just an unbind. Okay. An unbind. Yeah. So it means that they're the, the first one they try and unbind is at plus one. The second one is rerollable. That's nasty. So, yeah. Um, the the thing that War Scroll Builder doesn't have is the a few of the artifact traits. When I did this the first time and sent it through to Anthony, um, so the the second Kalathar has the Zytrek, um artifact, which gives it a six plus shrug. But because Teclis is on the field, it's a four up shrug. Gotcha. And I and I was going to ask you about that because as I again I'm, I'm reading my little internet article, it does talk about your allegiance artifact, and I was wondering because as we know, some allegiance artifacts, um, you know, force you if your general is X. But I thought maybe that rule might come into play. But no, uh, it's just that it's not on. It's not on the um, war, obviously War Scroll Builder and Azir are still being updated. So uh, bear that in mind if you are watching this um, on on YouTube. Uh, and then there's Teclis, who is the god of Hish, or one of the gods of Hish, who is... Before, before we yeah. talk Teclis, though, why have you got two uh, Cathazars? Cath what? How do you say it? Sorry? So, yeah. Cathars. So I've got two because they know this, uh, because that they're the support pieces. That's the, I only take a Stone Mage in a non-Teclis list because they can't access the lore of the mountain. Whereas the Teclis knows every spell from both laws at all times. Right. He has access to like 16 spells or whatever it is across two laws in his war scroll. And do these, do these heroes have access to lore of the high peaks? Is that lore of uh, Hish or? So they have access to lore of Hish. Okay. So, yeah. And is there any particular spells that you like? Like, you know, you've got Speed of Hish, you've got Solar Flare, you've got Ambient Light, Ethereal Blessing, Total Eclipse, and then Protection of Hish? Yeah, they, they all have their uses. In a techless list, I'm not really using Protection of Hish because you can't use Protection of Hish and Protection of Techless at the, in the same turn. Mm. That's directly worded from the spells. Um, I've got, I love uh, Total Eclipse. 
which is the force your opponent board wide to use two command points every time they want to use a command ability. And that's really, really strong. I think it's one of the things that has definitely been uh, a big standout in this book is forcing, especially armies that like your gloom spike gets and things that rely on command points suddenly. I know gits don't really have an issue with generating. I was just about to say, like, I usually end my games with gits with about 10 to 12 command points spare. Yeah. Um, and obviously the bad moon, so the um, like the 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 uh, loon shrine uh, makes a lot of my army immune to battle shock. That, yeah, but they but they are a complete outlier. And yeah. something that I've been thinking about just then, and I'm sure you've already thought about it, is with um, General's Handbook 2020. We now know malign sorcery is not brought into match play, so it's been retired. So things like yeah. Aether Quartz Brooch, which was such a a key uh, artifact to be able to generate more command points. Um, is now lost. Yeah, so, it's because we're hoarding it all now. We're not letting anyone else have our Aether Quartz. It's, 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 it's like, ours. Everyone else can deal with it. Um. <laughs> but, but, like, like, but, but most armies uh, looking using two command points for inspiring presence um, is brutal. So um, yeah. I think I think Total Eclipse is going to punish people who either don't have a good CP reserve or you know, don't have some type of allegiance ability or even uh, war scroll ability. Like I think about my Phoenix Guard being near an anointed that makes them immune to battle shock within 18. I need more of them because I can't afford every time to do an inspiring presence to be spending two command command points. That I cannot afford. Yeah, 100%. Um, Speed of Hish is also really good. That's double the movement characteristic of a unit. So it can make things that are slow go towards objectives like a lot quicker without having to break their um, shining company it can make dawn riders become a a guided missile across the board um moving 28 inches um it i i really like using it on eltharian to be honest and getting him across but we'll go we'll go through that in in a minute um speed of hitch is really good the solar i can't remember is it solar eclipse Solar Uh, the solar flare flare, yeah um I think it would be really useful with something like Spell Portal, um, throwing it through a Spell Portal and then giving enemy wizards minus two to cast and all that kind of jazz. Because you pick a point of the battlefield within 10 inches. So the Spell yeah. Portal is extending the range, which is why you need the Spell Portal here for the, the caster. Portal, yeah. yeah. Um, if there is, so when you pick that point of the board, if there is, um, if there's anything, was it at the point, if the, in the spells, you just spell it. So you automatically yeah. unbind uh, yep. Endless spells within range. Yeah, and um, if it's a unit, you roll a dice every model in the unit and does mortal wounds. So we'd be ten inches from the spell portal, right? So you basically measure yep. around the the spell portal or the wizard, yep. depending on what you're doing. And then yep. um, you could do some mortal wounds on six pluses. Is that all it does? Oh, and the minuses to cast. And the minuses well. to cast. I think the minuses to cast is the big one, especially if you're say going first and then you're going throwing that through a spell portal near croak. Well, it's not. Or, it's not just casts, right? It's minus two to cast dispels and, and unbinds. Yeah, yeah. So you've made it harder to get rid of your spells. It's harder to get rid of your endless spells, and yep. yeah, and and even to get some of my spells off. Um, and I've been talking about this on a few other episodes. Like the age of the supercaster is here. No longer can you rely successfully on those five wound little you know, little mages, your, your grot shamans, your cities of Sigma battle, battle mage. Um, 
because one, their small wounds are going to die pretty quickly. But two, um, to deal with some of this stuff, I think people are going to need to rethink about how they handle this type of thing. Because minus two to cast is is brutal. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that's one that's kind of gone under the radar a little bit just because it's such short range. But if you yeah. can extend that range, because like the minute you do it, you're potentially hitting your own units with that the minuses because it's not enemy units it's all wizards within range that happens too yeah so that's where you want yeah. to make sure that you're picking the point and moving away from that point or picking the point through a portal so um, and amb ambient light's pretty decent too i think oh the um the uh, choose an enemy light. with uh, choose yeah. an enemy within 18 and re-roll all missile weapons which is one that is definitely on my Calathars or potentially on my uh, my Spearman, depending on what I'm coming up against. So it's, uh, okay. it's a good little, good little trick as well. Um, from the Lore of the Mountains or the Lore of the High Peaks, the one that really stands out to me is Voice of the Mountains, which is a in your turn, it's a minus two board-wide bravery debuff. I mean, and obviously that comes into play with some of the other Aether Quartz reserves and, uh, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, um, and then in following turn, so say you get double turned until your next hero phase, it's minus one to the to your enemy's bravery board wide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it can get you. You can. It's a lot of stacking bravery debuffs, um, which can get really interesting, especially when you combine it with the Cathalas signature spell. So the Cathalas mm. signature spell is like Bellacore. So. Instead of and, 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 yeah, and, and let, let's, let's, like, let's take that back because, you know, some people may not be using Slaves yeah. of Darkness, so they may not know what Bellacore does. Yeah. So, yeah. so educate me full. What does Bellacore do um, so, for the average person who doesn't know this yet? Yes, yeah, cool. So Bellacore has an ability where once per game, uh, before you start the game, you write down a unit and you reveal it in your opponent's hero phase. Um, until your next hero phase, they have to roll a five up whenever they want to cast a spell, move, charge, fight, whatever, shoot. They have to roll a five up, otherwise they can't do it. Uh, the Calathar has the signature spell on their war scroll, where instead of your opponent rolling a five up every time they want to do something, you roll 2d6, and if it's equal to or higher than their bravery, they don't get to do it. It's equal or higher to their bravery. Yeah, their bravery characteristic. Okay. So it's darkness of the soul. Uh, where is it? Make the roll before the action is carried out. If it's greater, sorry, than the characteristic, they cannot perform that action in that phase. So that's that. That won't work as well with, let's say, because I know, like for example, Lord Croak uh, is a, a prime target for like the um, the the Bellacore rule, right? Yeah, Five plus, you just can't you can't cast, you can't do stuff. But that would be a little bit harder with those high bravery heroes, right? Yeah, hundred percent. But you can get stuff to minus two or three bravery. So and you're rolling 2d6 instead of 1. And the average on yeah. 2d6 is 7. So even bravery 10, if they're minus 2 to their bravery or minus 3 to their bravery, you're rolling a 7 anyway. So, like, yeah, it can okay. get, like, unless they're bravery 10, like, if they're, say, bravery 8, you're bringing them back to bravery 6, bravery 5, you're potentially rolling higher than that anyway. Like, there's, and stuff like, terrain and all that kind of jazz you know okay yeah lots of ways to do it and you can throw it through a spell portal at stuff as well i think spell portals are really good 
thing with this list, uh, Endless Spell-wise. Um, same with Palisade and Shackles. I think there's a lot of shenanigans with Endless Spells. So. Yeah, Palisade is one that I really look forward to. Maybe I think the minute I play against it, I'm going to cry and regret what I just said. But let's talk about the Supercaster himself, the man that's yeah. going to cost you one-third of your army, uh, the, the one who's yeah. going to have the biggest target on his face. Uh, it is the Archmaid Teclas. So why why Teclas? What does Teclas bring to this army? And yeah, talk 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 me more. Like, what what does this model yeah. do, and and is it worth six sixty? So, in the age of the supercasters we're talking about, so Teclas has no actual dice that you roll if you want to cast magic. So you pick whether you're casting one spell, two spell, or up to four spells per turn. If he casts one spell that turn, it goes off and cannot be unbound. If he casts two spells in that turn, he casts them on a 12 that cannot be modified and they can be unbound. So that so that if I cast one spell, not even Korn's uh, Hex Gorgeous Skulls would be able to unbind that. No, um, it, it's, just, it's just a flat-out no flat unbinding. Out it's, yeah. Warhammer Fantasy Battles would remember this as like total power literally cannot do anything about it that one spell is happening the end yeah that's it it's just like this goes off don't roll dice just goes off cool oh, consistency um, yeah so if you cast two it goes off with a casting roll of a 12 that cannot be modified so like your solar flare you're not worrying about because it, you're not affected by it uh, Any other terrain doesn't come into play uh, terrain doesn't come into play uh so he also has his own uh bubble which is a plus one to cast an unbind bubble yeah. so he can't benefit from his own bubble um then there's uh if he casts four spells that turn or up to four spells in a turn um it's cast on a 10 that can't be modified and he can so cast three cast three or four right so it's, it's not like it's yeah. one two or four it's one yeah. two three or four and the three or four counts as ten um, for yeah. both of those cards, so for three or four of those casts. Yeah, correct. And I think and, from like the Maths Hammer episode, like to to beat a to beat a ten. Um, no, ignoring the fact that if you cast that spell to like cause a minus two to unbinds and things like that, like like to roll above ten is something like eighty six percent chance of failure. Like it's a it's a super really hard number to beat. So yeah. you, you almost can almost guarantee unless the uh, opponent has like plus two to plus three to unbind, like a rune lord, for example, plus two and unbind roll, um, it, your, your spells are going off. Yeah, that's it. So and for 660 points and a forecast wizard, you're kind of hoping he does that. Um, so he's also obviously got Kalinar, who is the spirit of Hish. Um so his aura is a 16-inch aura to start with that brackets down with him, uh, which gives plus one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for Luminath units within that. So if they're Zytrek, they get plus one. If Teclis is on the field, they get plus two. And they're within that bubble. So it can get a lot of, uh, of decent spell casting going on on the board. Um, the other bubble that he has is... If people are, units are within his aura, they ignore enemy spells and endless spells on a four up. And then they pick an enemy unit if they do ignore it. 
and within 18 and they suffer d3 mortal wounds okay so it's a, so they don't bounce the spell back off but you can yeah. ignore you can ignore the you know feel no pain uh, you know damage prevention whatever you want to call it um you ignore the spell but then if you roll that five plus you then bounce back d3 mortal wounds four plus four plus four, four plus, four plus. Wow. You ignore spells on a four plus and bounce back D three mortal wounds onto an enemy unit within eighteen. Yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine the trap for, for Techless is that much like these other the super casters or super characters, right? You know, your your Archeons, your Nagashes, your Alarials. You're probably building around that. Your force is really building around yeah. this this centerpiece yeah. model. Yeah, and this is where something like Bellacore really hurts Techless. <laughs> so. You're kind of banking your army around where Teclas is to get all these buffs, and at the same time, if he's not moving anywhere, then he's kind of your army's kind of stuck as well. So that's one of the downsides taking Teclas. Um, he's got also got um, two spells on his War Scroll. One's a big Mortal Wound bubble, um, and the other one is a five plus Shrug in a big aura as well. So he's a, he's a really good big support piece. And you can make him ethereal using himself because it goes off on a 10. And then you can use his five up shrug bubble, which is 18 inches. And he's suddenly a 16 wound model with a four up ethereal save and a five up shrug, um, who also has an automatic dis uh, dispel at the start of the hero phase. He just picks an endless spell within 30 and it's gone. Yep. Oh, sorry, it's not the start of the hero phase. It's any time in the hero phase. So he's like a Lord of Change. So he can, say, throw out uh, Spell Portal and get rid of it. He can do Life Swarm, which is one that I was looking at, to heal himself or heal a unit and then eat Life Swarm. Yeah, so, okay. And he's got an auto-unbind uh, as well. So he's got, like, a, a dispel and an unbind yeah. uh, automatically. Yeah, every turn. Yeah. So he's like... So he's like the supercaster. He's also like a Hurricanum Luminarch who gives plus one to cast, plus one unbind to, to yeah. other friendly wizards he's also creating like this this uh amazing aura that's gonna uh reduce spell damage so should you get off any spells um you're gonna be able to do some damage prevention um and, yeah. and potentially send it back to you as well yeah. um yeah wow Craig, how, how does he stack up compared to some of the other supercasters out there whether it's a we're talking lord of change um, we're talking about you know uh, a lord croak we're talking about hallow heart for example how, how do you think Teclas is going to stand up to to some of these other magical supremacy type builds. Nagash. I think I think Nagash will be the big test. I haven't played against Nagash with Teclas yet. I think that'll be the big test. Uh, Lord of Change is kind of I don't know. It's it's hard to to figure out exactly where it sits because you can just pick the spells or whatever it wants to cast, which is the one that definitely wants to get off, and you just go no. I guess I so, guess a lot of changes half the damage sorry half the points yeah and I think what one thing that I'm sure you're you've probably noticed is that you are feeding into the summoning points of Zench so for yeah. every successful cast you are giving them summoning points and they're going to be bringing on more pink horrors you're going to be bringing on um things to burn and make the peasants yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um so th and that's the thing there are definitely bad matchups for these guys um that Demon Rift is going to play hell on earth with Lumineth players. 
So we're talking about the Slaves of the Darkness, um, uh, the Dark Fire Demon Wraith that yeah. uh, basically comes attached to the Gaunt Summoner. So not only is the Gaunt Summoner bringing up a <laughs> unit of 10 pink horrors, they're bringing off that Burninator. KO actually yeah. have that as well. So Yeah, uh, and, you, and, can't, and you can't dispel that as well because it just it's not being cast, it's just being dropped. So spill in the bottle because it gets uh, supercharged by the amount of wizards within range. So um, K- what, KO is already a bad matchup for you guys. It's going to come from the sky yeah. and just shoot you uh, off the board, especially like something like Teclas. Um, and then you drop spill in the bottle. Uh, that that would be an interesting matchup. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah with, with Teclas on the board, it's less of an issue uh, because the people who are going to cast it, you can just go, no, I'm going to auto-unbind that. So you're not really worrying about it. Plus, he's got that four-up bubble aura, which is the to ignore the demon rift if it does come by. So you can. There's a lot of things that you can do to try and prevent it, um, and that is one of the strengths of having Teclas is that you're not worried about stuff like your demon rift as much. So, anything else you want to talk about with Teclas? Um, and I'm interested to see what you do with these yeah. points in your uh, in your other list where we don't have Teclas and, and how yeah. does that change. But anything else yeah. from, from our friend Teclas? Uh, I think he's a bit of a trap. I think he's very, very good. But for 660 points, you can spend your points better elsewhere because the army is, from what you can see, it is a very super, it can be very super elite um, with the amount of models that you can get. And it is an objective-based game. So, and with the units being as fragile as they are, stuff can disappear quite quickly. And then you're not well. So for anyone who's following along later on in the podcast, uh, what Hayden's talking about is we go to the unit selection. So we've got uh, 10 Sentinels, 10 Sentinels, 10 Sentinels, 10 Wardens, 10 Wardens, 10 Wardens, uh, 5 Dawn Riders. And then you've got it all wrapped up in a nice little bubble with the, with the how, do I, how do I say this battalion? Uh, a ro- a lot. Oralin region. Oralin. I, I was gonna say, yeah. I was breaking yeah. it up like Oralin, Oralin yeah. region, and you've also brought uh, prismatic palisades. Perfect Sweet endless spell, and yeah. But do not leave home without it if you are a Lumineth player, especially if you got your yeah. warden. But but talk to me. One, why do we have sentinels and wardens? Two, why do we have uh, I guess three units of each, and why don't we go bigger yeah. sized units? Uh, and then finally, what does the Dawn Riders bring that maybe another unit of, I don't know, Wardens or Sentinels wouldn't bring to the table? Yeah, so sent, uh, units of Wardens uh, make other units battle line. So, you, for example, for every unit of Wardens you take, a unit of Sentinels or a unit of Dawn Riders also becomes battle line. So Warden are my my uh, sword, yeah. my, my shield and spear guys, right? They're yeah. my generic foot troops. Yeah, correct, yeah. So it means in this army right now, there are six battle line units, which is good for, especially with the new GHB dropping, there are specific ones with... Um, I was going to say there's what, one... one hold it. Yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, yeah. So you get well, you get bonus points as well for having a, a, a battle line within six of a, I think it's a Scorched Earth maybe. Um, yeah. But, okay, so you've got six battle line, which is awesome. Uh, really good for others. I, I can't remember if, um, is it uh, doesn't matter. Uh, but you got yeah. six battle line choices. You got you know units of ten, one wound each. We know that they are your yeah. wardens. Make your sentinels battle line. Tell me more. Uh, so each one of those is a wizard, which is why I like taking MSU because they're so fragile. Um, I think if something gets hit by something like, especially a stonehorn, that is going to do a lot of damage. They can only ever kill ten models. Mm. So and because each one is a caster, it means I'm getting an extra cast and unbind. 
Um, because of the battalion, which is the Orland Legion, uh, when the general or the sentinels and the wardens, when a unit was within three inches of another unit, it's a free mystic shield. So they're re-rolling ones for their save. So it's the way that I usually run it around is I'll have a unit of wardens in front with a unit of sentinels behind, and they'll run as kind of like a little phalanx or a little block around. So that way they've both got mystic shield. You're able to protect your shooting unit with your bow, with your uh, spears, but you're also got threat with that 30 inch mortal wounding uh, bow. So the, so the sentinels and the wardens are power pairs. Um, yeah. Do do you and this is maybe just a, from a placement point of view are you connecting the sentinels and the wardens in base-to-base -base contact are you are you doing no, it where there's so like um one inch between them they're sitting about two two inches behind so because okay. only the unit has to be within three of another unit from the battalion all right so they're not you know you don't normally find yourself base-to-base -base contact but you're keeping them within three for that synergy yeah yep, correct okay. yeah so it gives you a bit of board space, especially when you're going towards objectives. It's nice to have a big block of models there that are ready to to get onto objectives as well as control that board space. And since each one's a caster, um, it gives you that control over where spells are going off, where spells aren't going off. So it's, um, it's cool. And then you've got that unit of Dawn Riders there who are great for clearing screens because they do something called furloughing where they, when they go into a unit of one or two wound unmounted models, they get an extra attack on their profile. If they go into specifically one wound unmounted models, they get two attacks on their profile extra. So what type of things are you trying to attack with? So when you've got your Dawn Riders, like what's a key target for them? Screens. One wound, okay. one wound screens. They, get, they go in and clear out screens. They're really good at that. Um, they're really good at clearing out battle line. So that that kind of key, they're going to hit something and then they want to keep moving. So just hitting those little 10 model screens, are, they're really good for. We haven't really spoken a lot about the Sentinels, right? Because we talked about the Wardens yeah. and, you know, they unlock the battle line to Sentinels. They're, they're the, 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 the pike and shield guys. Yeah. Um, but the Sentinels are the archers, right, or the, yeah. the missile weapon? Yeah. yeah. Now, they bring some interesting mechanics to the table, which um, yeah. I cry a little bit when I look at Sentinels <laughs> and wonder how they can do what they can do that my Hellstorm rocket battery lost its ability when it got moved into Cities of Sigma because it used to be able to ignore light and sight, you know, a big, big rocket yeah. battery, you shoot rockets into the uh, it doesn't need to worry about you know um, the blockage of a realm gate or something in front of it. It just shoots rockets and it hits. Uh, but yeah. somehow the sentinels they've 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 tapped into the power of Hish and they can ignore line of sight. Uh, wow! Yeah. So the the high water the high sentinel of the unit has a lantern that he stares into and he goes, "I can see you. They're over that way." So that's how you can see them apparently. Um, I thought the Knight of Zeros lantern was good. Wow. How do I get one yeah. of these Sentinel lanterns? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, same place you get an Aether Quartz brooch. Uh, you don't anymore. Um, so the thing with all units or the Venara units is that they have Sun Metal weapons. So a Sun Metal weapon on the roll of a six does a mortal wound instead of damage. So the the, the attack stops once you roll that six? Yeah, 100%. Um, so okay. Un un unmodified six to hit. So they, 
That's on the Sentinels, that's on the Wardens, and that's on the Dawn Riders. They all have this ability. And the spell on their War Scroll of each one allows them to do the Mortal Wounds on an unmodified five or six instead of just a six. Okay, so very similar to uh, the Spiders in Gloom Spike Gits where you yep. can bring that down, but yeah, okay. Yeah, so each unit can cast that, and it, it's unlimited times. And like every unit can attempt to cast at once. Okay, so, so it's, it's very similar to your um your uh what they called your stormcast um your evocators where they can cast the same spell if you've got multiple evocators. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, rule correct. of one doesn't apply to that spell. Yes, correct. So it means that every unit can do it, which is nice. Um, considering that's the main thing. Like sentinels, normally they have thirty inch range. They ignore line of sight, but they're fours and fours. No rend one damage otherwise. Um. So oh, the whole army, uh, like when the wardens get charged, they get an extra plus one to their wound roll and they get a minus one rend. The dawn riders, when they charge, get plus one to wound and minus one rend. Otherwise, there's no real rend across the army. So you're, you're fishing for mortal wounds generally with the entire army. Your battalion brings you down to like, what, a three drop? Um, uh, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a three, uh, four drop. Because you've got the battalion, you've got the extra Kalfa, uh, you've got the Dawn Riders, and you've got Teclas. Oh, yeah, because your Dawn Riders don't fit into it because your Sentinels, uh, your Wardens, your um, one of your heroes, not Teclas, not the Dawn Riders. Yeah. So four, four drops is... is it's still uh, quite is, low. It's very low, yeah. There's very few armies yeah. out there right now doing less than four. Um, it's a pretty yeah. safe space. Would you... In the average game, take first turn or give away first turn. Again, obviously uh, things change, but just average. Yeah, game. it depends on the matchups. Uh, if it's a heavy shooting list, I'd 100% take first turn to protect Teclas. Um, try and make sure that he doesn't get shot off before you get to cast any spells or anything like that, because you he needs to be protected um, at 666 points of your army and that four up save. Um, if I'm against a combat heavy army and I'm sitting back. I'm potentially not taking that first turn, so I can try and just blast them with spells and mortal wounds afterwards. Um, again, like um, the one thing you're worried about is that long-range threat of taking Teclas off. So your Carriage and Overlords, your s Teleporting Salamanders, your Long Strike Raptors, stuff that you can't protect Teclas from. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing. Like when I think about this, they, it sounds like very similar to like a Hallow Heart list. And um, Hallow Heart, I always wanted to go second. You know, there's a few examples where I, I was happy to go first, but most of the time I want to go second because again, spell ranges. That's where I can do some really good damage. But the cool thing is, you've got all these screens here that um, if you have, if you've got, for example, I don't know, Carriage and Overlords, for and we know that they're going to drop from the sky and they're just going to shoot the absolute living hell out of Teclas. At least yeah. with all these screens, you're able to kind of run, well, not run, but move them up as quick as possible. Try to zone out the board as much as possible so that you limit the amount of shooting damage by pushing out that nine inch drop um, and hopefully limiting the amount of weapons yeah. because they've got some long range, but yeah. um, probably not enough to take down Teclas if you can That's kind of push them, what, 18 inches kind of away yeah. from him or. Especially if he's ethereal and with a five-up shrug and with a reroll ones to save, like he then becomes a lot more durable. Even if you put cogs down and then he's got a four-up rerolling ethereal save with a five-up shrug, 
Yeah, but if you if you and, and Ko have a lot of rain, right? So that's just going to change. Yeah, so he, he, yeah. he needs he needs that uh, that protection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then prismatic palisade, I'm imagining, comes in to synergize with the fact that your sentinels ignore line of sight, so you can always throw up yeah. that um, that barrier kind of. Yeah. Um, or you and you can protect techless a lot more with it. So especially like you were saying with the rocket batteries, you throw it down in front of the rocket batteries, and suddenly techless is not as worried and you can move up the board so. but you couldn't but you couldn't throw it in front of techless because techless flies so that would in that would stop that though wouldn't it yeah but it, i don't know i <laughs> i haven't really used palisade much i've only just started using it I, so, I, 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 it's probably been a good 12 months since I've used Palisade, but at least at minimum, yeah. you're blocking line of sight. Usually, like, yeah, with it, fly, fly as they... Wooden. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you're protecting your sentinels and your wardens. Yeah, and you're protecting your Calisars, who, who are the ones that you really need to protect in this army, because they're stopping things from running. They're the biggest synergy pieces. Teclis is great, but the Calisars are what really stop things from going haywire. So this comes in at 2,000 points. You've got your extra command point from your uh, battalion. Yeah, uh, you've yeah. got your three of six uh, unit uh, leaders. You've got six battle line. You've got your two artifacts um, that we've acknowledged. You've got one behemoth. Uh, comes in at 96 wounds. So uh, it is a little bit fragile. It's certainly not a horde army, but we know that we can debuff our opponent. We can add pluses to hit. We can do some line of shot blocking shenanigans. So yeah. uh, it, it's a good value, 90, 96. It's not ch cheap bodies. Um, anything you'd want to add about this particular list? Do we want to, do we want to kind of, because you did say Teclis was a trap. You've, you've made yeah, a pretty I'd... bold, you've made a pretty bold statement that I want to see uh, what you do with those points. Um, yeah. So like, I've, I've with the Twitterverse out there and just seeing what other people think, I, I think that's been the general consensus with Teclas is that yes, he's good, but there's a lot more that you can do with those points. So why, before I reveal the list, you know, like at a very high level, why, why is he a trap? Uh, because, you know, a Nagash player wouldn't say Nagash is a trap. An Archeon player wouldn't say yeah, yeah. he's a trap. Because um, he's a lot more fragile than those guys. Like they've got a lot of wounds that can regenerate wounds quite easily. Um, they're a lot more durable. So Nagash, especially in Petrofex, is two up save. Archaon is a three up save with uh, wound wound regeneration. Like that, he's just. I don't feel he's as durable because Archaon has a built-in after after save as well, doesn't he? If I'm not mistaken yeah 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 i think so like don't, and so does, so, yeah so does nagash like so there's definitely a lot of protection there for those two specific models yes they cost more points than techless but i feel techless is more like an alarial than an archaeon or a nagash and alarial along with the rest of sylvaness is quite underwhelming for her points um yes she's come down to 600 and she can summon 200 points on um but she melts same yeah. way that same way that techless i think will um and especially because you when you take him you have you have to center your army around him or you're kind of blocked into what you're doing if you send him out on his own he's not going to do much um 
Whereas you can send Archeon out on his own and he's going to go annihilate everything. And that's it, you know, Nagash even, especially like OBR Petrifix Nagash just walks up with his machine machine gun Arcane Bolt with his, you know, two-up save with his, you know, additional uh, feel no pain. Minus, so Minus three or minus two rend three damage attacks. Like yeah. he's, you don't want to get in combat with Nagash either. Like, and then Nagash heals wounds innately. He doesn't yeah. need to cut the spell. He doesn't need to do anything like that. Um, so like with the four up save, yes, he's that average save, but with the amount of Ren 2 out there, especially on models at this size, if you lose him, he's gonna, he's got, he's gone and you can't, you don't have the bodies to bring back. Like, especially in those armies like Chaos or like Death, you're bringing units and you're bringing models back. Lumineth don't have that option. And that's been one thing that I've been thinking about, like um, already at the start of the year, we've seen Lord Croak um, starting to annoy people, especially being at the back of the board, right? It's very hard to reach out and touch him. Most yeah. people use things like spells to be able to reach such long range threats. Um, but uh, when I think about m my cities, like I wanted to start playing around with, I I've got a couple of builds, but one that I've been playing around with is tapping into those rocket batteries 36 inches you know they can do a whole bunch of damage from from long range and it's going to be able to tap into the techlesses and the um and the lord croaks even the lord of change right so yeah. you're right losing losing them and if i get that that jump that turn one jump and i can shoot you off the board that's one third of your army in what 20 wounds oh, clearly less than 20 wounds but 16 wounds um, So it, it gets a bit scary, especially when you've got stuff like the teleporting 20 iron or 20 or 30 iron drake lists running around as well. So that are hitting on. Even in my even in my cities list, I can I can you know tempest eye. I can take you know a, a gun hauler. I can take some ships, and again, I can do the same thing uh, without being a KO army. But I, I, yeah. I want to kind of bring us home and kind of talk about like what does a different list look like if you don't have techless? So that's 660 yeah. points currently um so we've got the same great nation um yeah it is a little yeah. bit different so we've got a stonemason yeah. um we do have the double um is it cathazar no cathazar yeah cathalar cathalars yeah. uh, and then you've got um our our armor the light of yeah. um atharian um, yeah mini got trek yeah mini got trek uh formerly uh from the from the from the old world yeah, what's so, his name the, uh Eltharian the blind or Eltharian oh, yes. the Grim. So there were two models of him. There was Eltharian on Griffin, and then they made Eltharian the Blind, and then they retconned Eltharian the Blind out of it and brought back Eltharian the Grim. Um, I remember I remember the Griffin one. That was because I always played Carl Franz, and I played, you know, yeah. the, the, I had my own version of the Griffin. But all right. So Stone Mace of Stone Mason, Stone Mage, 130 points. What is yep. the Stone Mage? Why, why is that person there? He's there so I can take Voice of the Mountains, literally the only reason he's there. He's a one-cast wizard uh, that has access to Lord of the High Peaks. So he's there to be my Voice of the Mountains. He sits at the back of the board, in cover, hopefully, uh, casting Voice of the Mountains for the minus bravery buff across the board. So, because he doesn't need to be in range of anything. Okay. Seems yeah. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, um, um, Cathalar's there for the exact same reason as they are in the last list. 
Um, and the Catalyst got... still, still, still has got uh, one as a general, one is not. It's got fast learning, yeah. got silver wand. I yeah. imagine similar, if not the same spell choices. Yeah, uh, Light of Eltharian. So the Light of Eltharian is probably one of the prettiest models out of the um, out of the range. Um, he's pretty pretty much mini god track. Uh, six is to hit, generate extra attacks. Um, hits on twos when he charges, wounds on twos. Uh, one of his attacks is four attacks at rend three for D3. The other one is two attacks at rend one for D3. He has a shooting attack, which is an ability, so he can run and still do it, uh, which on a one, it does nothing. On a two to, five, uh, two to four, it's D3 mortal wounds. And on a five or six, it's D6 mortal wounds at 18-inch range. Um, he's got a three-up unrendable save. His, he can't be negatively modified to hit. So he always hits on twos regardless of modifiers. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. C can the Light of Atharian take a spell, but it's not a wizard? No. Is that no. something that I've that's read? A, that's a misprint. So right. he's either meant to be a wizard, but I don't think he is, because um, he's in a unique unit. So he yeah. should be able to take artifacts. I'm pretty sure he's not meant to be able to take a spell. He's meant to be like a warrior. He's made of magic. I don't really see him being able to cast it as well. Okay. Um, so, so I'm pretty sure. So this might be just an FAQ that's coming. So um, even though it says that it can take a spell, you can't actually cast yeah. until an FAQ comes out. So just don't yeah. try to cast a spell. And, and uh, yeah, because he, he doesn't have the wizard keyword. Yeah, so yeah. That's okay. why. It's, yeah, um, he's very good. He's very very good. Well, for um, two hundred and twenty, like that's that's a combat beat stick that you probably don't have unless you're taking the battle cattle. Yeah. Um, I, I played a game against Iron Jaws the other day. He turned. I had a Moor Crusher teleport into my back lines. He turned around and killed the Moor Crusher in one combat. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and 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 it's like, and it's like one third of the price, or just under one third of the price of a Go Trek. Uh, Go yeah. Trek's what five forty or something or five twenty? Yeah, uh, five twenty, I think. And just, he doesn't have the double pile in, and he doesn't have an after save, but he's got a three up unrendable save. So, and there's plenty of ways around to give him a five up shrug with protection of hitch, protection of techless. Um, the realm spell, the realm laws. If there's, you know, um, if you're playing in hitch, everything's mystical. You know, there, there's definitely ways to get after saves. But a three-up unrendable, you use a command point to go, cool, he's got a three-up re-rolling one's unrendable save. And he also halves damage is another point to bring up. Oh. So, yes. So from melee and uh, missile attacks, he halves the damage. Okay. Wow. So from okay. Spells, That's... spells, he doesn't. But from attacks in combat or from shooting, he halves that damage. How many wounds? okay so you probably you know an army probably wants to concentrate a lot a lot of the damage and i guess that that means that the damage is not going into your sentinels it's not going into your other your other troops um and the fact that obviously we know the sentinels and and your wardens lose the spell casting uh when they go under five models which means that you know for every um Oh, yeah, okay, interesting. So you're going to make your opponent make some very tough choices. Do I take yeah. down those Sentinel battle lines and the Warden battle lines and get those Wizards off the table? Or 
do I put all of my focus and emphasis on this thing, which uh, is going to take a lot of focus and damage, and in return, you've still got your your four, your six, you know, in this particular list, you've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six. You've still got another six. But I've added in an extra 10 Dawn Riders, so an extra 10 horses. Yes, yeah. Uh, sorry, I guess my point is, is that do I t- yeah. take down the units? Do I take down the hero? Um, you, yeah. You're making a really tough choice. Um, and some opponents will, will split their attacks, and that'll always be the, the, the bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> it never works out well. Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't, so. especially when you can um, – let you've got speed of hish. So the, the one issue that he does have is he still only does move six inches. Um, but if you throw in, he's, uh, suddenly moving, uh, 12 inches and just getting across the board. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, I wish that could be an ally to my cities of Sigma for two twenty points. I would happily take that model any day of the week. Yeah. And that's the other thing with Lumineth as well, is that the only ally that they can have is Deepkin for some reason. Even yeah, it's an odd one. Yeah, it is a very odd one considering Teclas went full genocide on them. Yeah, so. I, I guess I guess maybe the the promise of Christmas presents might get some eels into the list. Would you would you take any deep kin or anything that would would? Uh, and by the way, you know, for anyone who's following on the podcast, you know, you've got uh, three units of Sentinels, three units of Wardens. Um, as Hayden's already said, he's got a unit of ten Dawn Riders and another five Dawn Riders. So we've increased the Dawn Riders from the last list. We still have the same battalion, um, the Auralan uh, Legion. You've also got the Prismatic Palisade, same as last list, but you've also brought the, the Soul Snare Shackles. So uh, that rounds you out at 1990. Um, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing this and kind of getting an experience because I've got a lot of ideas in my head on how I would combat this. But I think yeah. when we get out of the, you know, COVID, and I don't want to go into this, but, you know, once we kind of get back into the competitive scene, um, I see I see this particular book maybe not being a 5-0 and o army, certainly not for a long time. I think there are bad matchups. But um, yeah. but they'll, they will create new challenges that opponents are going to have to answer. Um, yeah. I know for myself... Um, I'm thinking about my army and I've been really enjoying Tempest Eye lately in Cities of Sigma, but I'm wondering, do I need to go back to Hallow Heart? Um, because Hallow Heart some re- has some really interesting uh, mechanics and it's going to allow me to be a super caster army despite being based around five and six wound heroes. Um, yeah. On the flip side, if I'm a, my Gloom Spike Gits, I'm thinking at the moment, like my Gits has a lot of bodies, and it has a lot of small wizards. Now, those wizards don't get a lot of pluses to cast, so the likelihood of being able to throw endless spells like I used to or getting off some of those smaller spells without the buffs is going to be a whole lot harder now, especially if Teclas is on the table. So yeah. how does that change my list design? Um, do I even bother Do I even bother doing it and I just kind of ride it out and I just hope I don't play Illumineth? Or... If, if Facebook and Twitter is true and I'm seeing a lot of Lumineth models being painted, you know, uh, is it likely that you're going to see these armies on the table? And I think they will be a gatekeeper for you to go 5-0 and at a tournament or to do well. I think they, yeah. they, they pose interesting questions that people haven't been thinking about, do I have the answer yet? And how do I answer that? Yeah. And especially because, like, they're not, 
you're not going to be protected by lookouts uh, from these guys. So especially in like a gets army, be like I can hide out. I'll have like all these minuses to hit. So your heroes maybe like minus two or three to hit. They're just fishing for mortal wounds anyway on all the shooting. Yeah. So they can be 30, 30 inches away, shoot you with two units, and then do you know five or six mortal wounds at a five wound character. Well, most of my yeah. grot wizards are like four wounds, and they might have yeah. like a damage prevention role. But all you need is to you know to and a lot of a lot of armies at the moment have these four to five wound heroes. Um, that and and some of the some of the uh, the new general's handbook scenarios are rewarding you from having a hero with your battle line, or how you know you get additional victory points if the hero is within six of the objective. Yeah. So, so what it means is that. Most people aren't, can't take big heroes to kind of be falling around with their battle line. They've got to support them with small heroes. But you have the perfect tools to snipe those heroes out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the biggest hurdle these guys are going to face are low-dropping, high-rend or big-range shooting armies. Um, so your KO, your uh, auxiliary chamber from Stormcast, your... Teleporting Seraphon, your Flamers of Zeech, those kind of things are going to be big issues for this army and Deepkin because you can, even though you can ignore line of sight, you can still only shoot the closest unit. Mm. And that's the big thing. So C- Cities of Sigma, maybe uh, Living City, I can I can see as being one, um, or even the, the Tempest Eye that takes a character yeah, Tempest- overlord build. Yeah, Te- the Tempest Eye, every- yeah. Um, especially there's a one of the big City Sigma players in Australia, here's Simon Hall. I've played a lot, he's in my club and I've played a lot with him recently. Um, his Iron Drake list is scary <laughs> in Tempest Die. Um, and I I don't have an answer for it right now with anything that I can throw out with this army just yet. Um, had a few games against similar lists to that. Um, Teclis was a big help against that because he obviously can stop the bridge which is a big thing with those kind of armies that have that yeah. low movement but need that teleport. But in Tempest Eye, they can still move really far without having to use the bridge and can well, run I was think, I was thinking Living City because you can put one in every two units can come on the side of the board. And, again, that counts as a, that, that counts as a setup, not a move, so they get additional yeah. shooting. But, like, I know this is not the Cities of Sigma show, but it's, <laughs> I guess, thinking – but it's more about thinking through that as you're list building – You've got to be worried about, and and I guess opponents like me are now thinking about not just how do I tap um, uh, like a, a techless, but Lord Croak is is doing the same thing. So, uh, and yep. we know Seraphon is really being strong at the moment. So, uh, and even Zench, you know, Lord of Change yeah, is out there. So yeah. it's almost like people are now getting sick of being bullied by you guys. So expect people to, you'll catch somebody out once. But you'll yep. likely see OBR probably bring more catapults to the table. You'll probably see rocket batteries. You'll see stormcast with the long strikes. You'll see yep. you'll see more long long range shooting than you've probably ever seen when tournaments yep. resume. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a new meta once we come out of the the current global situation. Um, and I think everyone during this has probably been painting a lot of salamanders from. <laughs> not from games workshop and from mercy and miniatures yeah the or uh or a few other 3d printed versions of the uh of the old salamanders um yeah we're gonna see a lot of salamanders and a lot of flamers in the next but at least, three, at least salamanders are near 12 inches right so i know they come drop from the sky in a starborn again if you can get the drop yeah. and you can push your screens forward you can probably block the salamanders yeah, from terminating but yeah 
it, it's still scary. <laughs> it's still very scary. Um, sure. It's the and the what is it? I, I played a game against someone the other day on TTS where they had the twenty chameleon skinks that come in and shoot things off the table because they come in that nine away, but I think they've got like a sixteen or eighteen inch range, so they're able to hit the stuff behind while the salamanders hit the stuff in front. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that, that's the key, and that's probably where you're talking about techless. So if you are going to take techless, you want to be very smart and think you've got screens. You do. You want to be thinking about positional play. You want to be thinking yeah. about protecting techless as much as possible um, because that is a big loss. There is, you know, when when people see techless, they're going to try to take it out, you know, as much as and quick as possible, um, which could work in your favor. It means that you know it's, it's just distraction can't affects. And the rest of your army goes and scores objective points, but yeah. it is a heavy loss. So it is a very it is a heavy loss. It, it's it's a much of a muchness uh, in terms of because the as good as the sentinels and the wardens are, they are the 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 wardens are on a four up save. The sentinels are on a five up save. Like they're quite squishy. One wound each. Bravery six and seven. Like that. They're quite easy to deal with, um, and like we were saying, like they that's fours and fours for the sentinels, you know, mm. with their shooting at no rend. Like they can be very swingy both ways, um, unlike stuff like your long strikes and your rocket batteries, which can get to like twos and twos with heaps of rend, doing d three damage yeah. each. Yeah, like, it's, like it's I, was definitely... playing, I was playing with my cities the other week, and I had my each of my rocket batteries hitting on two, so three attacks hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, wounding on twos, ren minus two for d three damage, three attacks each. Uh, that'll that'll clear a techless in one in one turn. Yeah, probably half. I can probably clear two techlesses in in one turn. Um, yeah, yeah. So like the sentinels are good for that ignore line of sight, but other than that, and mortal wounds, but other than that, they're still a one shot each. Um, fours and fours. So, like, you're really banking on fishing for those mortal wounds. Otherwise, they're not really going to do much. They're like dryads from a long way away. Poor <laughs> dryads. Poor old dryads. Look, look, look oh, we're, and, I, and I said to Hayden before we kicked off the show that we are going to do a deep dive. So normally I wouldn't do a, a show like this until after an FAQ. We don't know um, what changes are going to come. For example, the Light of Atharian uh, may actually be a wizard, and obviously that then changes the mechanics and how you use the army. But we will do a, a faction focus on this book um, once the second set of the range comes out, and we've obviously got an FAQ, a bit of clarity around some of the rules. I know there are a few interactions that need clarity um any final closing comments anything that you want to share that maybe we haven't touched on when it comes to this more elven style uh lumineth realm lords um get out and try and if you're interested in the army go through a copy of the book if you've got a copy of the book or try and get your hands on a copy of the book they are definitely a interesting army to play it is definitely an army that will challenge you to uh play better you can't just be everywhere at once and then if you make a mistake get back to where you were positional wise um they're uh, just a an interesting challenging army and the models are gorgeous um yeah i'm i'm obsessed with them as you can probably tell you um, you've been super excited i know yeah. i know your i know your heart kind of like broke significantly when we realized that Tyrion wasn't a part yes. of this particular book yes um, um. But we, we obviously that probably means that there is a part two, t- Tyrion's Force. Yeah, and, 100%. Um, 
well, the, there's lots and lots of references to him in the book. So, like the the with the lore as it is, there's eight uh, parts of Hish or great cities in Hish. Four are Teclian, four are Tyrionic. So, and the the normal like your Dawn Riders and all that have both uh, symbolism of both gods because they're twin gods of Hish. Mm. So, hopefully, that means that they're in both armies. Hopefully, hopefully, it's just two halves of Lumineth coming through that, that's that's my thought like i i think about yeah. this and we talked about this before is my my expectations were like when when if you were old age of sigma when corn came out you had the court you had this corn bloodbound book um and then it was kind of expanded upon with a different release stormcast was the same you had stormcast then you brought out the like draconian type i can't remember that yeah called. the extremist order. chamber yeah yeah order to extremist um, chamber was kind of like a little expansion and then they kind of amalgamated the books uh, a little later, and I, I, I would not be surprised, you know, Tyrion fans, if there's another book coming, I don't know, in the next 12, 18 months, and yep. there'll be a new range, and, you know, they might stand alone, and they might have Stormcast uh, uh, allies, and they might be more of that type of style, and then yeah. you bring them together, and you can bring Teclis and Tyrion and um, spend, like, 1,500 points on two heroes. Yeah, and I will be very broke, because living that student life uh, definitely is not great when they release lots of pretty models like this. That's why you need to be Gargans. You've got one kit coming. Um, <laughs> Hayden, this has been awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, we're going to do another show. I definitely want to do another show. I want to do a deep dive, a proper deep dive when we look at everything. Uh, maybe maybe Liam. We'll see how Liam performs. But this was really informative. <laughs> uh, I really like your build. Um, I'd be interested for people who, who have built their own list to see how different they are to your list and um, what how they're kind of, you know, putting it all together. Because I guess with only a limited amount of models currently out, it's hard to build out a 2,000-point force and, um, and practice and prepare. So this is something that's easy to work with and even proxy as well, right? Yeah, um, that's it. I've got 30 of the old high-off archers that I'm using as my sentinels because they're elvish archers because, um, again, we don't know when the the range is going to drop and there's a few events coming up that I just want to get them out on the table and play some games with. So, yeah. Any final comments, any shout-outs you want to make before we kind of bring this home? Uh, Shout-out to the aggressively average crew. Uh, loving life out there, rolling dice, having fun, um, being middle table heroes. And uh, screw you, Liam. Love you, babe. Screw Screw you, Liam. <laughs> All right, guys. Hayden, thank you very much. Uh, guys, don't forget to roll more sixes. You'll do better. Uh, that's the don't coach's advice to you. No, I'm I was trying something different. Yeah, don't forget your triumph, although there's only now three if you'd watched the video where you've got your general handbook. So there's only three yeah, triumphs now, but roll more sixes. All right. See you, guys. See you, guys. Bye. Bye. G'day. I hope you enjoyed that video and you're left with some new ideas. One of the biggest ways you can contribute to AOS Coach is by liking the video you just watched and leaving a comment in the comment section. This lets YouTube know this is a good video and you should recommend it to other hobbyists. If you'd also like to support the channel even further like these bloody legends, go check out AOS Coach on Patreon. Otherwise, don't forget your triumph.